This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, BC has a lot uh, resting on the future of liquefied natural gas. Look at what's just happening in the northern part of our province, right? The largest single ever infrastructure project in Canada that is getting underway there on the hopes that the prices for LNG will stay high and stable. Well, the Global Energy Monitor says that international boom in liquefied natural gas exports is actually undermining global efforts to stop climate change. And they say Canada is one of the industry's biggest players. That report was released this week and says that there are projects that are in development globally that by the year 2030 would increase natural gas supply to 806 million tonnes above what it is right now. And just over one third of that development, 35%, is here in Canada. Only the United States at 39% has more new natural gas exports in the works, according to this report. The Global Energy Monitor is an international non-governmental organization that catalogs fossil fuel infrastructure. We wanted to talk more about this report now with the help of Ted Nace, who's the executive director of Global Energy Monitor. Ted, thanks for being with us. Uh, Thank you for having me. What prompted this look? Was it the increasing prices for liquefied natural gas? Uh, no, it's really the uh, the climate issues that have come to the fore. Um, you know, the natural natural gas exports through in liquid form are, are tripling in the next decade, and it's a lot of. Uh, we were surprised by how much money was uh, was was slated to be invested in these projects. You know, well over a trillion dollars globally in U.S. dollars. Canada alone over five hundred billion Canadian dollars. So it's a very large a very large investment in infrastructure that's going to last for the next forty years. And uh, uh, you know, it hasn't been looked at that much. Yeah. And so, what brought this expansion of infrastructure about? Do you think? Well, the natural gas industry has, in the past, mostly shipped its product by pipeline, and that means it's been restricted to, you know, land land masses. So, from say from Russia into Europe or across uh, the North America, uh, LNG, the you know, turning gas into a liquid and sending it across the ocean has mostly been restricted to some producers in the Middle East, like Qatar, going to some consumers like Japan and South Korea. So what's changing is the natural gas industry wants to globalize. They want to get all this fracked gas out of North America and bring it over to these Asian markets. The story that they're telling their investors in order to justify it is that this Asian market is pretty much on an indefinite growth path. The other story they're telling is that this is a climate-friendly solution. Right. And I know the argument. The argument is that you are weaning those countries off of uh, more harmful um, energy you know, uses such as coal or things like that. What about that argument? Well, that argument was even promoted uh, 10 years ago by the environmental community. So it's not surprising that it's still lingering out there. But as they've learned more about the you know, natural gas production cycle, learned more about methane, that story just doesn't hold up anymore. Natural gas may be worse than coal. It's at least as bad. Uh, the problem is that uh, when you produce natural gas, you always have leakage. Now, it, it may be that you get most wells pretty tight, but there's always going to be some bad actors. And then the leakage persists across the pipe, you know, across the whole supply chain, uh, the pipelines, the compression facilities that put it on the ships. 
even while it's on the ships, it's at 160 degrees below zero. Some of that will evaporate. Then again, when they regasify it, and then when they get it into the domestic, uh, you know, demand system, when it's going into households, into industry, all these parts along the system are going to leak a little bit. And if it even adds up to two or three percent. Methane is such a powerful global warming gas that it outweighs the benefit of burning natural gas instead of burning coal. Right. And you said in some ways that it's worse than coal. Like, how, how do you think that is? Like, what's the alternative then? Well, well, uh, well, the, the, well quantitatively, it's 100 times worse than coal on a pound-per-pound basis. But it only lasts for 10 years. So you have to do an apples-to-apples apples comparison um, over some relevant time period. The alternative is simply to make the transition to renewables. But are we on track to do that fast enough for these countries that need those energy sources sooner rather than later? Yeah, well, that's the good news here is, uh, for one thing, these, these LNG resources are not locked down yet investment-wise. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Asia and North America, Europe, all of, the, all of them are in a very rapid transition to, uh, to wind and solar with battery backup. So, you know, uh, people uh, who haven't looked at the prices lately may be surprised. There's uh, uh, Lazard Bank does a levelized cost study comparing renewables to, um, you know, coal, gas, et cetera, nuclear and right now, uh, nat natural gas is no longer the cheapest option. Actually, renewables are coming out, you know, ahead. Right. Uh, we see uh, large uh, power plants in mid-construction mid being abandoned in India in favor of these very large solar farms. Is it possible, then, that LNG is just a transitional energy source? Well, that would be that's the that's the narrative of industry, and that that was the narrative of the environmental community. The problem is you're you're building infrastructure that's going to be in place for forty years. The you know climate scientists are saying we have to make substantial progress towards getting off fossils even within the next decade. They're asking for uh, natural gas use to be cut down by fifteen percent by twenty thirty and by forty percent by twenty fifty. We're not going to get there if we triple our LNG capacity and lock ourselves into, uh, you know, these assets. And then from an investor standpoint, with renewables getting cheaper all the time, these investments could easily be stranded. That's what happened to a lot of the coal investments that were made around 2011. By 2016, most of the coal mining companies had gone bankrupt. That coal investment was all done on, the, on a narrative of, of unending uh, Asian growth. They called it the super cycle. And so they plowed their billions in, and it ended up causing a lot of pain in the, you know, among mutual funds that invest in uh, in energy. Right. So for now, though, it looks like it's full speed ahead with these investments in LNG infrastructure. Where do you foresee, Ted, that whole situation coming to a head? I would say it's not full speed ahead. Right now, a lot of uh, big projects are under consideration. So you know, fortunately, we are actually at the right end of the decision process. Right now, less than 5% of these projects have the green light to totally, you know, go into construction. They're, they're not uh, at what they call the uh, final investment decision stage. And in Canada, you know, most of it, the, the great bulk of it is not committed money yet. So it's still, there's still time to change the ship, you know, the, the course of the ship and steer in a new direction. Does that sound like it's actually going to happen to you, though? Well, if I were if I were if I were talking about Saudi Arabia, I would say no. But Canada has alternatives, and I you know I very much think that uh, the winds are shifting on energy very quickly right now, and so is public opinion. I mean, um, 
I think the best thing uh, the, the best thing in terms of uh, of a pattern is to see how quickly things shifted with coal. So 10 years ago, they were going to build uh, well over 100 new coal plants in the United States. Now it's all about how quickly they can retire the coal plants. Right. Um, you've got a state like Texas, which is shutting down coal plants that were built less than 10 years ago and is the biggest producer of wind power in the United States. That's, a, that's, the, that's an energy, you could say that's very much like Alberta. It's an energy state, but they see the right handwriting on the wall. You see investors like Warren Buffett moving their money behind wind. Um, so it's a worldwide phenomenon. And uh, no, I'm optimistic. It's, it has to go quickly, uh, but, it, but it is happening. All right, Ted, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. That is Ted Nace, who is the Executive Director of Global Energy Monitor, talking about their report they released this week, talking about the infrastructure that we are building internationally for liquefied natural gas exports.